welcome to Love Reality Shift Podcast. So this is a Starseed Kid Part 3. Starseed Kids Parenting the Next Generation. So enjoy the episode. I'm talking again with Erica Perzano, my amazing transformational coach and expert in many things. And we are talking today about starseed kids and particularly types of starseed kids and how to recognize and then parent the next generation and why this is relevant and why we keep talking about this as of late is I know um, primarily we talk relationships and things like that, but um, this is also around relationships. I mean, this is important, especially when you're talking about parenting and couples and conscious relationships and obviously your relationship with your family and your children is also a relationship and it's just as important. But I know normally I talk about romantic relationships, but this is um, something that we felt was super important to talk about as things are rapidly shifting with the ascension. So we are having more and more and more starseed children being born. And there's a reason for this. And this is really important because there has never been allowed to be that many star seeds on the planet at any one given time primarily because of the vibration of the planet and the state of consciousness we were in basically those high consciousness beings were such high vibration they couldn't even incarnate into this planet because the vibration was so high and the vibration of the planet was lower so now that we the earth has actually elevated its consciousness the earth itself has elevated to a higher density consciousness now more and more star seeds are able to um incarnate to help raise the vibration and the frequency and that's what's going on so now we have so many children that are coming in who are super high vibrational they're um higher uh, awareness souls they have been around the block many times and they are here to help so they're choosing to incarnate as children to help us and these are highly evolved beings and they are here to help with the ascension. So this is why, because we are experiencing such a huge shift with the Great Awakening, um, we felt that this was really super important to talk about, to explain, being that um, Eric and I are both starseeds. Um, it's something that we felt was necessary to talk about and uh, to share with people who may be confused, uh, particularly parents who may be looking at their children and being like, what is going on? My kid is like super conscious, super aware. Maybe they have past life memories. Maybe they are talking to their parents in very adult manners, explaining adult concepts and situations. And the parents are like, how is this happening? What's going on? My kid is not normal. You know, I don't understand this. So this is why we wanted to talk about it. So Erica, go ahead. You start and go ahead and start beginning what you or your thoughts are on this. Yeah. Um, me and Tanya uh, brought this topic about three weeks ago. And then uh, last week, I saw the Daniel Scranton uh, email newsletter. He His channeling stuff was talking about Starseed children are coming up at this present and on, uh, which was really interesting because he mainly channels actuallyans. And then they're they're talking about this topic as well. And then a lot of angelic uh, soul will be born into the kids. That's gonna be that's gonna be my one of the twin girl 
I will I will have because I'm already in talk with her. But anyhow, it's really interesting that uh, um, and exciting that a lot of high frequency children will be uh, being born on Earth. And then they are going to be just like Tonya said, highly intelligent. And they won't be uh, fit into the um, mold of how kitties like. So depends on which planet they are from originally, or it's not like um, starseed kids are from one planet. Uh, people do born into one planet to the other planet. So they are multicultural, but there is a main characteristics, you know, which planet they just, let's say. So, uh, and the plus, purpose they do have a purpose so they may carry on their uh, one of the characteristic of the planet for example let's say this boy he his planet he just come from or he has huge influence from was technologically oriented planet let's say right so then he will be highly like curious and interested in technologies and cell phones and then maybe started doing programming at the age 10 or 7 or something like that and they start developing some AI program or whatever that is. So when the kid is showing some kind of high, highly amazing gift, even though you never taught the kid, right? that is their gift plus their life purpose connected to that kid but um depends on the planet each planet do have a characteristics like um one of the my planet i'm currently very much influenced in is serious and uh, not serious sorry uh um cassiopeia cassiopeia right Cassiopeia is a planet with creativity and then um, creative talent. So since my life purpose is doing producing and creating things, now I'm highly influenced by this gift and the disability from that planet, even though that is not the only planet I'm influenced from or I was born in. But uh, let's say if a kid is coming with Cassiopeia or something, right? And then the kid will be highly gifted singer or musician or start showing some amazing... Erica, I lost you. You still there? Yeah. What? Yeah, I I'm here. I can't really hear you, Tonya, though. So anyhow, um, if the kid is highly gifted in like talent, like some kind of talent, they're going to be showing this gift in such a early. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, you sound like you're breaking up, honey. Oh, really? That's weird. Okay, now now I hear you. <laughs> okay, so now kid is highly like let's say if kid is uh, highly 
creative. She or he will show his or her creative ability in such a young age, like three or five, start singing or can play instrument, even though you didn't really teach them, stuff like that. Or if a kid is like born in the planet where they have a highly like communication, high communication oriented society, let's say, um, the kid may show the ability of speaking like a foreign language, like so gifted, can speak five different languages or something in such an early age, for example. So depends on their life purpose and the, the characteristics of the planet they are borrowed from. Um, they'll start showing that kind of characteristic in such an early age, three, five, four, maybe seven, like, you know, when they're young. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so this is, um, like Erica was saying, you know, you can be many different affiliations, obviously, because we've had many incarnations. But the one that's predominant in the frequency and vibration is the one that will probably come forward the most. And you can kind of tell based on the child's characteristics, what they love, what they're passionate about, what they seem to have knowledge of. So um, like for instance, I, as of late, um, I know I have Pleiadian ancestorship, but I also have a strong heavy influence from Sirius. So um, I am in contact with my Syrian guides. I have a Syrian collective who channels through me. And um, I also have a family member who is a child who is also a Syrian starseed, and I've been instructed that I'm helped to help her. And um, characteristics of Syrians, and um, this is just general characteristics of the planet, because there are different types of Syrian, you know, there, there's more than one star in Sirius, but um, the ones that I'm most familiar with are the, the blue beings, but there are other types of Syrian starseeds, but the ones that I know, um, some of the traits are like, they have a very vivid imagination, they're really intuitive. Um, they tend to be preferencing, like, to be in small groups. Um, they're also a little bit shy and reserved sometimes, but they also um, process things inside a lot. And they are very deeply protective of nature. They love animals. They're very creative. Um, they will often beat to their own drummer, like, take their own path, which is one of the big characteristics of my family member because that's one of the things her parents noticed right away is that she just beats to her own drum. She does her own thing. It does not matter. Uh, she doesn't care to fall in sync with anyone to be, um, you know, she is her own person and she does things her own way, despite what other people have told her, taught her. She just is such a, her own self that, and it means nothing to her to be like anyone else. And it's, it's just so interesting to watch, but, um, the Syrians hold like a very deep ancient wisdom. You know, they've been, they were part of the seeding of this planet as part of the great experiment. And um, so they have a very heavily vested interest in humanity. And um, you can find all kinds of things about Syrians. If you look online, um, all kinds of different traits, but those are some of like the main ones. But like we said, there's Arcturians, there's Pleiadians, Andromeda, Orion, Lyra. I mean, there are so many different kinds. So really to tell is really to get a good sense of what type of, um, you know, type of things you're observing in the child. So, you know, like Erica said, if they're highly technological, 
if they're highly compassionate towards animals, if, if they're very, um, you know, scientific, uh, there's a, a, you could pretty much pick out general traits based on the different types of star seeds. So um, if that's something you're interested in looking into, there is a ton of information online. Um, you could look at the different starseed traits and types of starseeds, which will kind of give you a little clue based on what you're witnessing in the child. So um, Erica, I know you mentioned Cassiopeia. I didn't know if you wanted to pick up there. Are you there, hon? Oops, maybe we're having some technical difficulty. Um, either that or um, <laughs> what I find when there's technical difficulty like this, sometimes there's interference from uh, some of the powers that be that do not want this information shared. So that could be part of what's going on. Um, a lot of times I find technological interference happens when there are energies at play that are trying to keep the, the truth suppressed. So it could be that, and it also could be that we're heading into Mercury retrograde. So it could be a little bit of both. <laughs> um, so continuing on until Erica joins us again. Um, okay, I was trying to trying reboot. to find the room again. I I oh, room. okay. <laughs> I was just saying sometimes oh, this is crazy. I know, but I was just I was just explaining that sometimes the technological interference comes from some of the powers that be that are trying to keep this information suppressed. So, you know, there are energies out there that are fighting against the ascension and fighting against the awakening. So sometimes they interfere with stuff like this. And if you find that you're having a lot of problems um, technologically um, getting your message out, sometimes they're the ones interfering. But also we're getting close to Mercury retrograde. So it could be a little combination of both. But um, go ahead and say what you were going to say, Erica. Yeah, so Cassiopeia is a planet where um, they are mainly the planet of healing and the planet of creativity. Um, the interesting thing is when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a singer. And then after I did go see my um, galactic memory of Cassiopeia, I was a singer there. So that was really interesting. I'm not going to be a singer here on Earth because I don't have the natural talent like Mariah Carey, but whatever. <laughs> the point is that Cassiopeia is um, a planet where they use uh, creative talent to heal people. Like through singing, let's say, you know, uh, people are listening to the uh, singing voice and then you will get healed or you're going to get vibration from the um, the content of the music. Of course, um, they are not uh, having the same kind of music here. Um, people are not singing like a certain kind of music there, but um, there are a lot of creative talent and the creative um, planet uh, there. So they have their own way of showing their creativity and that can be translated into how you are going to create here on earth so let's say if your kid is extremely gifted in like you know drawing or uh, writing the poetry or uh, making the stories or whatever that is right um, it's really important to recognize that and they encourage them to going toward that direction. Because if they're showing extraordinary talent at the, such a young age, 
that's a direction um, they decided to use that talent to serve for others and uh, you know maybe you may want your kid to be a doctor or accountant or something like that but that may not pan out so <laughs> it's a good idea to let them uh, drive the car of the you know let them drive the light and then let them decide which direction they they want to go to and your job as a parent is to encourage them and to support them to the direction they want to go to exactly exactly and um it's just so interesting you know and like i said there's so many there's so much information out there but i know part of um a little bit of my heritage also is from the orion constellation and i know that um like people from the orion area are very goal-oriented they're very passionate about their work um there's a high importance on the intellectual and the logical and rational thinking more so than on emotions and abstract reasoning so if you see your child being super, super um, focused on, you know, being logical and they're super intellectual and you happen to really notice that streak in them at a very young age, um, look into the Orion constellation. A lot of times these kids have an insatiable thirst for knowledge uh, regardless of the topic. So they're naturally inquisitive. They want to uncover the truth no matter what. So these kids might sometimes come off as being cold, sometimes distant, maybe a little emotionless because they are so logical. So, you know, that's something to pay attention to. Again, um, they also are very competitive and enjoy a good challenge, but they also have the entrepreneurial tendencies. So they have a tendency to be perfectionistic, uh, highly critical of their work and the work of others. So if you see, you know, these traits in your kid, look into the Orion Starseed um, stuff, like the Orion information. A lot of times their mission is based on, um, opening up their own heart chakra and learning to look beyond the bounds of like the pragmatic logical way of thinking. And their part of their mission is because they reincarnated on earth to kind of galvanize the advancement of civilization in the fields of medicine, science, and technology. So that's one, um, they're very logical, but then on the other hand, uh, there's also like the Minnetonkans, the Minnetonka star system, which was part of the Orion belt originally, um, are also considered to be the original light workers. These kids may come in um, feeling very out of place, feeling like they don't belong here, like they don't have a they're longing for home. This is not their home. Um, they're going to be very compassionate, nurturing, kind. Um, they're going to be very much drawn to the ocean and aquatic creatures, creatures like turtles, whales, dolphins. Um, they are going to very much be wanting to spread love and positivity. They have a very strong intuition. Um, they value open, honest communication. Uh, sometimes they have a propensity for being impulsive and indecisive. Um, so those are things I'll look for. And like their personal mission often is around pursuing the creative artistic endeavors, expressing their authentic self, um, contributing to the clarity and the healing of the planet as a whole, and also shed light on the potential of everyone and recognizing the goodness in everyone. So that's just another type of star seed, you know, so these are things you can see, like they have their traits and they have a mission. So this is something, a star seed will always have a mission. So really um, pay attention to that, pay attention to like what your child talks about, pay attention to what they say, pay attention to their behavior, um, their likes, their dislikes, you know, how they handle themselves. These are all things that pay attention to that you can kind of help discern, you know, first of all, is your child a star seed? Second of all, what type of starseed they are, and just, just start doing some research. There's so many more I could get into. 
Yeah, and then when it comes to Akshirian um, starseed kids, they are usually, Akshirian is the highly spiritually advanced planet. So even those galactics, we go to Akshirian to advance ourselves. I, I did born in Arcturus before too, so I do consider that is my family planet. But let's say a kid is born under Arcturus, um, they'll start showing their gift of uh, uh, spiritual um, intu- intuitive ability in, in such an early age, um, or they are very, very much into a uh, healing modality or stuff like that like they know how to heal people just touching you or they don't have even have to learn like all this technique we we learn right all this uh they don't even have to learn leaky or any other um, whatever the technique they just know how to do it and then um they all start talking about extremely um deep spiritual stuff uh, in such a young age and then you wonder, like, where is this wisdom coming from? And then their wisdom is coming from their uh, knowledge of the Arcturians. Because all these kids are not just Arcturian starship kids. They are still connected to their mother planet. So wherever the knowledge or talent they are um, showing in this planet, they are kind of downloading all this knowledge or talent from their um original planet and then that's how they are functioning it's not like they're disconnected like uh, um, previous generations and then they have to reconnect themselves by start having a spiritual awakening like me and tonya you know um those kids are connected like fully connected from like day one like and also I'm pretty sure uh, these starseed kids, they probably do have a highly in- intelligent mind uh, even before they can start speaking. So um, I do remember, like I have a memory of my incubator. I was an incubator and then um, I saw my shit and I was thinking, oh my God, that's so dirty. I don't want to be near it. And I remember I was thinking about that and I was just born, you know, so you don't know how to speak the language, but you can, and I wasn't thinking like a baby. So that's me. So I'm like, kind of like guessing all this new generation of children can think like adult, even they're a baby and they don't even know how to use the language. They don't even know how to use the language because most of the time, especially when they come from high civilization, uh, galactics don't use language to communicate with each other. We use telepathic communication. So you don't have to learn the language. There's no language difference between one planet and another because we communicate telepathically, right? Um, So they have to learn how to use their mouth to speak you know, and that's why uh, they don't know how to speak. That doesn't mean they are not intelligent. So you kind of have to um, anticipate after they know how to master the word and the conversation at the age of, I don't know, maybe five or something, 
and then they start talking in such an intelligent manner, and their your kid is most likely to be a star star children, no matter which planet uh, they are coming from. Yes, a hundred percent, and that is very true. And I'll tell you why this is so interesting. And um, by both of my children are star seeds, and both of my children are here just to anchor in vibration because they came earlier. Um, my children are 18 and 22 and, um, both of them have autism and it's interesting because they're high functioning autism, but, um, from the very beginning, and this is not just related to the autism, this is related to their star seed quality, but from the very beginning, neither one of them spoke, neither one of them talked. Um, and it wasn't that, um, they didn't, they talked, uh, they babbled like babies do, they babbled but they couldn't carry on cohesive communication until they were older. And my oldest son was able to talk and speak, but didn't understand the context of communication back and forth. So he had vocabulary. He had a large vocabulary, um, but he couldn't answer a question. Like he didn't understand when you were asking him a question. And this went on until he was probably six years old. But he, he couldn't answer a question. So he would repeat back to you what you were saying, but he couldn't answer you. Like who, what, where, when, and why. He didn't understand that you were asking him a question that he was at being asked to answer. And he couldn't describe things to you. Like he couldn't specifically pinpoint uh, something to describe. So like if you asked him um, what he had for lunch, he could tell you, well, it was round, it was red, it was sweet, it came from a tree, but he couldn't say apple. You know what I mean? And then, um, so that was different with him. And my youngest child um, didn't speak at all language. Like it was his own language. And we never understood him until he was about six years old also. Um, and it was literally his own language. We called it, his name's Gavin. We called it Gavinese because we couldn't understand him. We had no idea what he was saying, but he was obviously saying something. And it was, it was actual language. Like it had syntax. You would ask him to repeat it, and he would repeat the exact same thing in the exact same form in the exact same syllables. But it was like it was like nonsense. Like we had no idea what he was saying, and it wasn't until he was six that he actually started speaking English words. So these are very very um, clear traits for certain types of star seeds that are used to communicating telepathically that absolutely um, have a very difficult time with language in the beginning. So now both of them that they've obviously mastered the language um, have no problem with it. Like they are excellent communicators and can carry on full conversations without any problem, very intellectual conversations. Um, but it's, it's interesting because um, from the very beginning, like literally Gavin, we call it Gavinese and we thought it was just cute because we didn't understand. Like we didn't, I didn't understand that there were star seeds at the time. So um, it's interesting, right? It's, it's very interesting. And there are other types, like I said, there are many other types, but I just wanted to touch on a few. So like there's Liren starseeds. Lirans come from um, a small constellation in the northern sky that has a few stars in it from the Vega planet. And they are often referred to as the old souls, right? They live in the present moment, but they are regarded the wisest type among the starseeds. Um, a lot of the, a lot of what um, their traits are is they implicitly trust the universe. There is no doubt that they implicitly trust that the universe is always working in their favor. They never have any doubt. They never question it. They like to travel and have new experiences. Um, they like don't look at your past mistakes and overthink the future. 
So they're always in the present moment and are always trying to get as much joy out of it as possible. So these kids typically, um, herons are typically feline in nature or possibly bird-like. So these kids might have typical feline or bird-like features. Um, they're going to be drawn immediately to metaphysics, advanced technology, and to magic. They're natural born leaders. Um, they know when to commit fully and when to let things go. They're very passionate, um, very independent. Um, they may have an odd obsession at an early age for lost lands and ancient civilization. Um, it's just they love adventure and spontaneity and are very quirky. So on a personal level, they're here to simply be and to ride out every blissful and painful moment life has to offer. So they are here to set an inspiration for others and to dispel wisdom when it's called for. Now, I know I mentioned Syrians. Um, Syrians are from the dog star planet, Africanus Major. And um, the Syrian starseeds, again, are very benevolent souls, considered to be guardians and peacekeepers of Earth. Um, so a lot of their characteristics are like they lead a simple life. Um, they see the magic in everyday life. They have no interest in power, status, or luxury. Obviously, they have a very strong affection for dogs, um, like an unquenchable appetite for the mystical, metaphysical, and magical. And this was me. This was totally me growing up. Um, I started studying metaphysics at the age of like seven because I was so fascinated about the mystical, the unknown, the magical knowledge um, about spirit, the spirit realm, telepathy, telekinesis. I literally took out every book in the library when I was like seven, eight years old to study as much as I could because it was so fascinating to me. Um, these kids have vivid daydreams. They're very open-minded, but a lot of times very closed off when it comes to romantic relationships, which is always interesting. Um, Anger is a very strange concept to them, even when people provoke them. And this is another trait, and just, just speaking for myself, because this is my main trait of star of star, star seed, Assyrian. Um, anger, I never got angry, ever got angry. I always like just would like look at things and be like, okay, well, they're upset, and you know, whatever they did to me, it's whatever reason they did, and I can't help whatever they did, but I'm just gonna, you know, move through it and not even worry. I literally never got angry. Now, every once in a while, I allow myself to because it's something that I have learned that I have to, you know, as a part of not suppressing things. But um, even when I do, it's very fleeting and it literally lasts seconds and then it's gone. Um, so kids that very rarely have temper tantrums, kids who never have outbursts because anger is a strange concept to them. Um, these starseeds know how to navigate life with grace and wisdom. They're well-adjusted, have a great sense of humor. Um, a lot of times they process things inwardly and highly value personal freedom. So the core objective of the Styrian Sarseed is to maintain peace and provide guidance to other souls in times of turbulence. Then they often serve as like a way shower towards enlightenment and spiritual awakening, which is also quite coincidental because that's what I do in my business. You know, um, not coincidental. That's my mission. <laughs> right? It's not a coincidence. That's my mission. I didn't know that until you know, probably 10 years ago, but now I do, that I'm a way shower. I mean, that is what my guides tell me. I am a way shower. I'm here to point the finger towards enlightenment and spiritual awakening. Um, Syrian starseeds tend, uh, part of their mission is just being a beacon of hope and light. But in order to help them fully realize their mission, they have to go through the process of spiritual awakening and learn to tune into their higher selves, which is what was so different about me. I had to go through that spiritual awakening and tune into that resonant frequency of my high self, get to know my high self, get to know my guides and all of that. And that was part of my process for being able to show people the way because you can't show people the way if you haven't been there yourself first, right? So that was part of my mission. And um, Eric, I would love to hear some more about 
um, some of the other things that you've experienced, your other, um, other experiences with your own lineage and what you've also seen in children. Yeah, um, there is, I'm going to add something about Syrians. Uh, there are two different kinds of Syrians, um, Syrian A and the Syrian B. So Syrian A is the, the trait Tonya was expressing because uh, Sirius is used as a hub of the planet. So when people want to teleport and use the portal from point A to point Z, they're going to use Sirius as a portal to save the time. So um, because of the culture, a uh, lot of people come in and out of Sirius. So they are very multicultural and they are used to other culture from other planets. So, so they are very open. But when it comes to Sirius A, um, they are extremely uh, into C. Because Sirius we know of is one of the planets in Sirius galaxy, but there are over 5,000 different planets in Sirius galaxy. One of the, my original planet I was born, which is no longer exist, is in Sirius galaxy, but people are looking more like uh, Pleiadians. And the Tonya was there with me too in that life in the planet. But the point is, um, when people are like having a life in Sirius or Sirius galaxies, uh, these people or your star children might be getting a lot of good energy or they need to recharge their energy by the water source. So they, they, they unconsciously live nearby the ocean or nearby the lake or nearby any kind of water source, which was always where I was residing as well. So um, they need to recharge and then water is a big source for them to recharge for them. And then where, when they're getting some kind of download or communication, when they're taking shower, it's gonna be, or bath, it's gonna be easier for them to communicate with their people or any other people. And then when it comes to Sirius B, of course, they're also ascending as well. Uh, they are the, um, often described as dark side of uh, Syrian people, which they were returning to. So there's no dark side, but used to be really good at uh, um, magic kind of thing, especially like um, the technology of the magic and all this wisdom are coming from uh, Sirius and also original Orion. Because before the fall of Orion, Orion was a highly advanced magical um, planet that they had a lot of magical technologies and the, the magic we know of here, uh, witchcraft and all that kind of stuff is originally coming from and the passed down from galactic to humans, all this, um, uh, how to do magic, magic rituals and stuff like that. I was also very interested in, in as a kid, learn all this magic thing, mostly interested in white magic, but I did learn all, not alone was not like practicing, but I was reading the book of all this uh, uh, tree of life and uh, all this stuff and then, uh, I knew about Alice Crowley and all this, like um, Madame 
Blavatsky and all that kind of stuff. I was reading it when I was a little girl, you know, and yeah, I don't know, like it was really interesting to me. But when uh, Syrian Stashid, uh, the person is coming from Sirius B, they tend to um, gravitate into change because of their characteristic and their background of magical um, society. So it's not the same planet, like Sirius A and Sirius B are different planets in Sirius Galaxy. So when they are coming from Sirius B, which is ascending as well, so no longer dark kind of beings, but they tend to gravitate toward the power position. So they try to uh, get into the politics or some kind of a leadership position, you know, and then they are very good at uh, manifesting because of their background. Um, they used to use as a dark magic. So that's how they um, pass down that technology to earth. But, you know, writing all this um, uh, what magic circle and doing incarnation stuff is very, 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 very ancient way of um, invoking the energy. No, no galactics are doing that. It's almost like a, we try to use, um, you know, make fire with rocks or something, you know. <laughs> so, but people here still do that. And then, yeah, it is effective. But any kind of magic is intention. What kind of intention you are having to use it? That's how you can kind of differentiate it is a dark magic or it is a white magic. Um, you know, killing animals or whatever, that's earth thing. It's about what kind of intention you're putting into to manifest something. But anyhow, so Sirius B is very like into that kind of uh, culture, which is very interesting, by the way. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. I should have made that, that differentiation. Um, definitely the Sirius A is a totally different animal <laughs> it's totally different culture um that and the water i forgot to mention that too the water is a must it is a must for grounding and communication and connection i um live about six minutes from the ocean from the gulf of mexico and i literally have to be near the water like i cannot function unless i'm near the ocean like i have such an affinity for the ocean i literally um I'm out there walking almost every single day. And that's when I really communicate with source. That's when I really communicate with my guidance and my team and my galactic team. So um, if you find that your that child has a huge affinity for, you know, the ocean and ocean creatures and, and just wanting to be near water in general, that's a huge sign too. So I'm glad Erica brought that up. And then also the difference, the difference between the types of Syrian starseeds. So um I know Erica touched on the Arcturians, and Arcturians are amazing. Um, they're responsible for the constru construction of the template of how life should be lived on Earth. So, uh, so Arcturi several Arcturians are spiritual awakeners and the healers, like she mentioned. Um, they always have an acute sensitivity to um, loud noises, um, certain scents, bright lights. It's almost like it overstimulates them. Um, they are not afraid of death. They are not afraid of death. And I know it was interesting. I had a friend who has a, a friend of a friend anyway, who has a child who I believe is an Arcturian starseed. This child at the age of two um, was already talking to their parents about death 
in reincarnation and how they don't need to be afraid and how just it is part of life. And the parents are like, what the hell is going on with my child? How does my child, why is my child talking about this? And it's because probably they're Arcturian. Um, they're highly empathetic, very deeply compassionate. Um, and they are very interested in things like other extraterrestrial beings, quantum physics, astronomy, their natural board leaders. Um, they may be mathematically inclined, uh, logical thinkers, again, uh, also fascinated with ancient civilizations and cultures, um, very structured. Often they feel like they're the black sheep in the family. Uh, they often have a gift of clairvoyance and extremely strong intuition. So um, you might see them being interested in engineering, architecture, data technology, science, communication, medicine, things like that. Um, they have an intense drive to build and design and plan a future for Earth. So this is huge for the Ascension, right? They are planning a future for Earth, um, striving to figure out some of these deep existential philosophical questions. And they're great storytellers. They're great storytellers. So part of their mission, again, like I said, is building a better for us. Uh, these are very intelligent, spiritual, advanced souls form the most ancient civilization in the known universe. They are here to pioneer a world of advanced technology and high vibrational energy. Um, so we could go on and on and on. Like there's draconian star seeds. There are Pleiadians. The Pleiadians are amazing. Um, the Pleiadians, and they're, not all draconians are bad. So I think a lot of people have fear of the Dracos. Um, there are good draconians. Um, their mission on Earth is to help to raise the general vibration of humanity, just like the other star seeds are. But there's also a, a negative vein of the Draco, the Draco do past from past um, the Draco Wars, the Ryan Wars, and things like that. So don't get them confused. Um, the Pleiadians, another nurturing, loving soul that originated from Pleiades, the Seven Sisters. Um, these are fifth dimensional beings that are amazing. Um, Usually very beautiful, well-defined facial features, um, very altruistic. Uh, a lot of times they um, are very family-oriented, like they're excellent with kids. Uh, they're very nature, uh, by their very nature, exhibit a very nurturing energy. Um, a lot of astrology, uh, astronomy, metaphysics, astrology, curiosities, curious about space, very, very sensitive may experience issues with depression and self-esteem if their chakras are not in harmony. Uh, also, very drawn to marine animals, dolphins, starfish, manta rays. Another reason why um, Erica and I are both uh, have a lot of Pleiadian in our family line also um, is that, that affinity for the ocean and the dolphins and things. <coughs> You'll also find them in the field of psychology, medicine, spiritual mastery, um, environmental scientists maybe. And they view life with this wide spectrum. They have a very penchant for, very easy penchant for um, giving love easily because they know that we have an unlimited amount of it. So they're always very loving. And they're very loving, very well-versed in esoteric wisdom. And part of their mission is to help expand the collective consciousness and to help people search for truth. Um, there's Venus, starseeds from Venus, the Venusian starseeds. There's... Gosh, so we could just go on and on. Andromedan. Um, we talk about Andromedans, their mission. Martians. There are um, Polarians. Uh, there's, I mean, there's just so, so many. Um, Erica, did you mention the the Hadarian starseeds? Yeah, I was going to talk about the Hadarians. Yeah, talk about so, the Hadarians. Hadarians, um, people don't hear about them much because um, up till now, it's very difficult for them to uh, come here 
because Hadarians are very like different from other starseed because their main characteristic is about unconditional love. So if you have to say what's what's different Hadarians are com compared to other um, galactic um, members of the galaxies, they are like unconditional love. So like um, they literally embody the Christ consciousness and unconditional love kind of uh, energy. So when a person or being is having that kind of uh, uh, characteristics, it's very difficult to one born into a place like here because Earth is more like uh, up till now it's a trans transactional, and then what's in it for me, you know when someone is very like unconditional love, open heart kind of um, minded um, attitude, it's it's not a really great place to born here because up till now this planet is, you know, fit to survive, like fit is gonna survive the best, that kind of thing, right? Um, so when the kid is having Hadarian characteristics, they are extremely kind and they are extremely like service oriented. So they're going to be the one, even like a very, very small age, they are try to be um, serving for others or being extremely considerate for others or maybe they may not want to express their opinion much because they don't want to make you sad or they don't want to make you angry or, you know, they think about other people before themselves. And that is a part of the lesson as a Hadarians uh, for them to evolve even more because if you're 100% serving for others and 100% uh, unconditional love, um it's not a great balance so they decided to include 10 percent of uh service to self within their society now which is good but uh hadarian uh started uh, start, uh being born into earth because earth is changing into new earth and uh, try to uh, change their societal structure to serve for others not to serve for themselves you know so these kind of member of the society is necessary. So some of the curious type of Hadarians, um, they raise their hand and okay, I'm gonna born as an Earth kid. So they're gonna be the new, uh, very different member of the society as well. Yeah, which is is amazing. Like there's just so much amazing that's going on right now that it's just, um, you know, when you look at what actually is happening and um, you look at the ascension and it's so fun because I think for a lot of people who were aware of the ascension, aware of the new earth, aware of that this was happening, aware of the prophecies, aware that the Christ consciousness was returning. Um, I think so much of it because it was prophesied for so long that people were just like, like any other prophecy you read, like in the Bible or in the Torah or anything like that, or in the Quran, you know, where people were like, oh, you know, it's a story and we know this is coming, but it seems like it's just going to be so long off, you know, not in my lifetime. It's going to be so far away. And, you know, you don't really think about it in like terms of reality. Like it's just a concept and you know, it's there, but you don't really like 
I know that I've, I know a lot of people that have experienced this. And I kind of experienced this myself a little bit too, where I was kind of like, Oh my God, this is really happening. <laughs> and it's like really happening now, you know, not, not in the next lifetime, not in another lifetime. It's happening now that we are moving, that the great awakening is now and that this is all these star seeds that are incarnating now because we are shifting. The planet is shifting. The vibration is shifting and you can see it all around us happening now when you look at all of the turmoil that's come up because that shadow has to come up to be brought into the light, to be released and to be healed and to let go in the collective. So as we moved towards heart-centered living, that fourth chakra density of consciousness, we have to let go of that duality piece. We have to let go of that shadow and the, um, that service to self that has been so prominent on this planet. So it's just so fascinating to watch. It's like, oh my God, you know, this is real. This is actually happening now. And it's so fun because, you know, that realization, I think, you know, just put solidifies, solidifies it as like, holy crap, you know, this is, a, this is important. I have a mission, you know, it, it's like, I need to lean into my mission. I'm not just here for the hell of it. I'm not here for good time. Well, you know, good time. Sure. But like for my own soul growth, but I'm here to help humanity. I'm here for a mission and starseeds have a mission to help humanity raise the consciousness and raise the vibration. And for those of you who have been, are, are, are resonating with starseeds, those of you who feel that you're a starseed or even just light workers, you have to understand, and not just light workers, but you know what I mean. If you feel that you're a light worker, you feel you're a starseed, you feel you're both. Um, I don't mean like just, but it's so important now more than ever to lean in, to really lean in, quit playing around, quit pussyfooting around with your mission. You know, you are here for a purpose. We are here to assist the vibration of humanity and lift up and be the way shower. And for those of you who are kind of hemming and hawing about, yeah, you know, this is my business, but it's a hobby. And, you know, when you're all wrapped up in your own life and not thinking, look at the bigger picture, look at the bigger picture. This is happening now. And you were called and you came here for a reason. And that reason is to raise the vibration and help usher in the Christ consciousness and the new earth. So take it seriously. Take it seriously. Because I know for a long time, I didn't. For a long time, I was like, yeah, you know, this is my business. And I'm going, yeah, this is coming. But now I'm like, holy crap, the time is now. Like, there is no wasting, you know. And, and be the part of the change that we are bringing about is a huge honor. It's a huge honor and it's a gift. And to be able to bring other people into the light and raise the vibration, I take it so seriously now. It's all I talk about. It's all I talk about with everyone I meet. I talk about it with everyone. I talk about source. I talk about who we are as spiritual beings. I talk about who they are and how they can just let go of that pain and suffering of the ego and recognize and step into the truth of love. I talk about it with everyone. I don't care. I used to hide in the spiritual closet from my family. I am out of the closet. I, I don't care what kind of judgment I get. I don't care what kind of ridicule I get. I am out and I am talking about it because it is so important to share with, you don't know who you're going to be running into that you need to share that message with. I tell everyone, I even told my, my dog boarder last week, and now she's going to be one of my clients possibly. I mean, you never know who you're meant to speak to. So speak to everyone. Yeah. And then also those kids uh, who are especially uh, technologically gifted, we will be expecting to have a med bed soon, but those med beds are very old technology when it comes to galactic point of view. Uh, it's new for us, but very old for them. So from that point, who are going to create a more advanced um, 
medical technology or any kind of technology which is crystal technology after we um, ascend, we are not talking about we're going to go to different kind of earth. Nothing going to change, but vibrationally, we reach the uh, frequency point of ascension. That's what's going to happen. So after that, um, those kids, you know, they after they become maybe 16 or something, they're capable of inventing all sort of new crazy stuff. So it's going to be very exciting um, to have completely new earth because of these kids. And then also, it is very important to not to force your idea of what kind of food they should be eating. Like, you know, I was kind of suggested by Archangel Mikael to be a vegetarian for one year because um, frequency and the body has to match, he said. So I kind of was being a vegetarian for a year. And what happened to me was uh, because my part of my lineage of one side is very low frequency and then probably a lot of uh, um, um, probably m- might have some kind of reptilian thing who knows right the point is I needed meat I have to eat meat so it is very difficult for me to cut off meat 100% uh, red meat I try not to eat too much but in order for me to keep my figure I have to eat like chicken, I have to eat fish. Of course, I always be thankful for chicken and the, you know, fish. They decided to give themselves to us because part of the reason I couldn't do that because I feel the vibration, I can feel the feeling of them, blah, blah. But I came across the article that all these animals, they all already have a soul contract to give themselves to us, you know, and I cried, you know, after I read that. So some of the kids, they are not able to, after we shift to 100% ascension, maybe that's fine, you know, but up till then, from now and uh, whatever, we, ha- we haven't quite ascended yet, you know, we need all this medical technology and med bed to going toward that direction. But anyhow, um, when we are on the path of ascension, uh, it is very diff- important for, um, I guess, honor what your kids wants to eat. You're vegetarian and you are vegan and you're really adamant about this and then force your kid to eat like the way you are doing uh that's not um helpful for them and that's not healthy for them so some of the kids they 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 decide that they want to be a vegetarian so i guess that's fine because they know what they're doing after you try to suggest and that go to the doctor and see doctor said that's fine you know you it's very important to ask medical professional opinions right because they need to develop their body but anyhow, if you are vegetarian and then your kids need to have animal protein and then you force them to eat the way you do, that may not be a good idea because your kid and you are kind of like a different, you know, kind of structure you're having. And even for the ascension, each of us are having a very different structure. So it depends on your body 
and uh, your lineage as a soul and your communication, the amount of your download you're getting from your star family and everything, it's gonna, it's gonna be very different, like what you need to eat. So it's very important to be mindful of not to force, you know, whatever your belief, including food, to force upon the children. Yeah, exactly. And um, I'm really glad you brought that up because I do know that um, a lot of uh, people do that. <laughs> I know a lot of people do that. And it's it's one thing, like I had to be um, a vegetarian for, gosh, I think it's two years, two years, almost three. And then I was, um, I was I'm sorry, I was vegan for two years and then I was vegetarian for two years. And then I had to go back to eating meat because I got really anemic. So even on plant protein, I was um, really, really anemic. And um, my doctor and my guides were like, no, just go back to eating, eating meat. But the thing is, I, I try to eat mostly, you know, fish and chicken and, and things like that too. Once in a while I'll eat red meat, but um, I always try to make sure it's high vibrational the best I can. And then I always like gratitude, saying gratitude and before you eat and thanking the beings for sacrificing themselves for your nutrition and your body um, raises the frequency and the vibration of the food as well. So being in gratitude, saying grace, um, however you choose to do that, but just being grateful for the food that you have and thankful to the being is very much a way to raise the frequency. So if you're worried about lower frequency foods, you know, like say maybe you're in an area, you don't get a lot of organic food or grass fed beef or, you know, grass fed free range foods um, because of where you are, or maybe it's a financial thing for you um, with the inflation and everything. If you um, just say a simple prayer of gratitude and thanks, that automatically raises the frequency and you can literally change the DNA of the food. So you can do that with the vibration just through prayer and energy and intention. So, you know, I know a lot of people are worried about pesticides. A lot of people are worried about not organic foods, um, GMO foods, things like that. Do the best you can, but don't knock yourself out. You know, don't make yourself crazy over it. But by simple intention and prayer and asking, um, you know, because energy is everything. Energy is everything. We are all energy. Even the food we eat is energy. So when you hold that intention, you can literally change the DNA. You can change the molecular structure. So um, just keep that in mind. And, and honor what your kids want to eat, you know, within reason, as long as they're healthy, you know, um, you know, my kid for the longest time only wanted to eat chicken nuggets and pizza. So obviously I'm going to make him eat green vegetables, <laughs> right? So don't, don't be ridiculous. Like, oh, my kid only wants to eat McDonald's. No, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we're not talking about that. We're talking about honoring, you know, if your child wants to only eat vegetables and only eat fruit, let them do it. It's not hurting them. You know, ensure that they have some sort of plant protein source, right? And they will be fine. Um, it's not going to stunt their growth. There are plenty of kids out there who are vegetarian. Look at the Indian community. They are all vegetarian. Their kids grow just fine, right? So don't be stressed about it. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think sums up is to honor what your kid is telling you. And then don't get offended when they sound more intelligent than you because they most likely will be if they are starseed kids. 
And I am wrapping up for the day because um, we've been on here a while chatting. If you have questions, if you have questions about starseed types, about, you know, maybe you're a starseed and you're not sure, maybe your kid is, you're not sure, feel free to reach out to either one of us. We are happy to talk to you about it. Um, there's, like I said, there's a ton of information online. Just make sure you're getting valuable sourced information. Um, there's a lot of garbage on the internet as well. So, um, it's always helpful to consult uh, somebody who obviously knows what they're talking about. And um, so always we are available to speak to for reference. You can reach us both on Instagram. Um, you can reach us through email and we are happy here to help you. And Erica, is there any last thing you want to say before we close for the day? Oh, that's it. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for participating in our conversation. We hope you found it valuable. And we hope you have an amazing, incredible day. Many blessings to you on your journey. Thank you, everyone. Have an awesome day. Thank you so much for listening. So we see you guys next week. Bye.